Welcome to Euromonitor International's podcast. My name is Aisha Mukui. I am a senior communications executive at Euromonitor International. Today I'm speaking to Cristal Chocosa, senior analyst, beverages and tobacco. Today we will be talking about soft drinks in sub-Saharan Africa. Hi, Isha. How are you doing today? Hi, Cristal. I'm good, thank you. So, Cristal, let's get started with this. Where does the Middle East and Africa soft drink consumption stand compared to the rest of the globe? Oh, well, in 2017, um, the retail volume sold in Middle East and Africa was split as developed market like Western Europe and North America. But when looking at the consumption per individual, the region was second last before Asia-Pacific. On the other hand, North America remained from far the biggest soft drink consumer with an average of annual consumption of 272 liters per individual. This gap could be explained, you know, by differences in terms of population and wide distribution across continent, and disposable income, of course, plays a key role in the process. Going forward, um, rising middle class in Middle East and Africa is expected to stimulate demand for soft drinks. Let's have a closer look at Sub-Saharan Africa. How do you think soft drinks has performed in 2017? Looking at the country covered, Ghana, Nigeria and South Africa remain from far the highest soft drink consumer in 2017. The weighted average growth in retail volume rose by 9.45%, while the retail value in local currency posted a striking 15% increase. However, when translated in U.S. dollars, which in this case would be the main concern of multinational, we're only talking about a 3.42% body growth. This discrepancy was mostly due to economic constraints faced by whole dependent countries like Angola, which um, succumbed to the pressure of inflation and currency depreciation against major currency. To illustrate this, Aisha, let's take an example in Nigeria. Soft drink retail value increased by 40% in Naira, while when translated in US dollar, the industry value declined by up to 6% over the same period. Crystal, you mentioned Ghana, Nigeria, and South Africa are the highest soft drink consumers in the region. What has been driving demand? To be honest, consumption patterns are different across country and depend on various factors such as infrastructure development, disposable income, cultural and social background. An accessible example could be taken from packaged water, considering the fact that up to 36% of Sahelian um, Africans do not have access to clean water. In the case of Nigeria and Ghana, Combined effect of rising population, hiking temperature, and shortage in municipality supply have been boosting demand for sachet water. As a result, the category represented up to 90% of soft drink retail volume sold in 2017. In a city like Lagos, which has a population of up to 20 million inhabitants alone, preliminary research indicated that there was about 2,000 sachet water manufacturers during the review period. On the other hand, when you move further south in South Africa, which has like a relatively, I would say, good standard in quality and quantity of water supply, demand of soft drink has been mostly driven by carbonate. In this case, demand is mostly supported by consumer drinking habits with um, intensified competition, encouraging manufacturers to offer more value for money to price-sensitive consumers. And parallel to this as well, we have factors like the rising urbanization rate, improved marketing penetration, aggressive marketing campaign, which has been boosting demand for niche categories like energy drinks in the country. 
How does the competitive landscape look like in sub-Saharan Africa? South drinks are dominated by multinationals like Coca-Cola, Company, Nestle, and PepsiCo. But they tend to have a different approach across countries. Let's look at Coca-Cola, for instance. Um, while its beverage portfolio is um, manufactured and distributed by Solibra in Africa, which is like the leading soft drink manufacturer in the country, in South Africa, their operations are handled by a wholly owned subsidiary. And also what we notice is all those smaller local brands like Biggie Coke in Nigeria have been emerging. The success of those multinationals are often linked to the extensive distribution channels to strategic partnership, and they also have a strong global brand equity. And more importantly, innovation in some cases and integration through merger and acquisition have been playing a key role in their success. We noticed that regulations are increasingly limiting in westernized countries. Is there similar trends affecting sub-Saharan Africa? Unfortunately, lobbies have less impact on consumer choices in sub-Saharan Africa compared to westernized countries. However, over the past years, they intensified their awareness campaign and have been receiving um, support from regulators. South Africa actually made history in April 2018 by being the first country to implement the sugar tax. The move actually came at a time where obesity rose to become like the fifth cause of mortality in the country. The aim was, of course, to mitigate the rising rate of non-communicable diseases like diabetes type 2. The tax was set at 2 grams of sugar added above a threshold of 4 grams per 100 milliliters. Effective in January 2019, soft drink manufacturers in Nigeria will be compelled to label the ingredient and expiring date. And in addition to this, the National Agency for Food, Drugs and Administration Control proposed an updated version of food induced nectar regulation, which was set in 2005. This was supposed to give better guidelines in terms of manufacturing process and labeling in line with the agency requirement. So lastly, Christelle, to end off, are there any noteworthy patterns in the region? I would say the region has a young population and an emerging middle class, which is increasingly embracing global trends. We niche category like energy trends gaining momentum through social media. Although modern chain retailers are expanding, I believe partnering with local manufacturers and traditional retailers might actually facilitate the reach of lower income consumer which are dominating the population. In addition to this, I would say innovation in local flavors can literally become an added value for newly introduced product. But it's important, I would say very important actually, to have a flexible approach. For example, while you're looking at sachet water getting been very popular in Nigeria, it's usually up, it's actually banned in countries like Cameroon and Africa's due to health and environmental concern. Likewise, um, changing regulation should also be taken in consideration because going forward, it can definitely influence both demand and supply in substrates. Thank you, Christelle, and thank you for listening.